Hi everybody and welcome back to Hope in the Midst and today we will be talking about the Holy Spirit part one. But before I start I like to like to pray. Oh Lord, thank you for this time. Holy Spirit guide me since I'll be talking about you. I ask that we may be revealed what great mysteries there are for us today. Jesus, I declare that the voice of the enemy gets canceled and has no power. Also, I declare that there um all the distractions be put at your feet and all of the thoughts that bring confusion be cast out because you god are a god of clarity and direction you guide those who are lost also lord i would like to pray for the people who are listening wherever they may be god prepare their hearts let the word that you have given me fall into fertile dirt to give fruit to the max capacity and beyond. I declare open hearts ready to receive you. And Lord, if there's a person in need of a hug, peace, healing, an answer, or all of the above. All I ask is that you embrace you embrace them and fill them with your supernatural peace. Thank you, Lord Christ Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. All right, so the, my question is, who is the Holy Spirit? Well, he's the Father. He's a Son. He is three in one. He is God. So this is, some, this is something that we should look at as important. So the Bible won't use the word Trinity. As I just mentioned, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It will make the reference to it so when we see in luke chapter 3 verse 22 again luke 3 verse 22 it says and the holy spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove and the voice from heaven said you are my dearly loved oh dearly loved son and you bring me joy So the Holy Spirit descends from heaven. Meanwhile, Jesus is being baptized and God is speaking to Jesus saying that he is his beloved son that brings him great joy. So then we can also see in Matthew chapter 28 verse 19 again. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, where it says, Jesus speaking, Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So see, it, it, it just doesn't say in the name of the Father. It, just, it, it doesn't say just the Son. It doesn't say just the Holy Spirit. It says Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So now all three are equal in power and in glory. Yes, they are, they are different. They have different roles in our life, but they all have one purpose one essence and their one nature so hebrews 11 chap uh chapter 11 verse 6 says and it is impossible to please god without faith anyone who wants to come to him must believe that god exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him So it's basically a mystery on how the whole Trinity works, but you have to just say, Lord, I accept and just go from there because he's the one that will reveal to you because it says, um, he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So, well, there you go sincerely is key genuinely but um the journey with the holy spirit requires us to accept god's ways are higher than our own 
Also when, also when we uh, see that in scripture um, certain things are being said, we won't fully understand it because the Holy Spirit is the one who gives the revelation of what we are reading, what the Father is trying to say. Um, and we can see that in Isaiah 55, verse 8 through 9. I'm going to repeat that. It's the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verse 8 through 9. And it says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than yours, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Clearly, it's saying that our knowledge here on earth is limited compared to what God has in store for us. Wow. So, um, also, we can see that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God and is God. And we can see that in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Where it says, the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters. And the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Let me read that part all over again. And the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. So he was already here in the midst of the creation when um, God was forming the earth. When it was in complete darkness and water. So the Holy Spirit is personal. He is eternal, omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. Meaning all-powerful, all-knowing, and everywhere and these are just some attributes so he has emotions and will make decisions those are his personal characteristics so now here are his personal actions he speaks he intercedes he teaches and he guides so um, we could see in john fourteen seventeen. I repeat John chapter 14, verse 17, where it says, He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. So here Jesus is speaking and he's basically saying that we need to have a relationship instead of having um, the mentality of using the Holy Spirit as a power that needs to be attained. He will never leave you. He wants to have a personal relationship with you. And this includes prayer. So now we're going to see in. Hebrew 9, verse 14. Again, the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, verse 14. Where it says, Just think of how much more blood of Christ will purify our conscience, our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. And I'm going to um, uh, bounce back to verse 9 where it says, This is an illustration pointing to the present time for the gifts and sacrifices that the priests offer are not able to cleanse the consciences of people who bring them. So those were the old rules 
about worship. You have to bring a sacrifice to God. There's different kinds of, um, uh, there's, there's the peace offering. There's a sacrifice and then there's a, um, a gift and then there's more, but I'm not going to get into detail because that's what, that's not what we're talking about. In this sense, it says that Jesus, he gave himself for us and he is the ultimate sacrifice that cleanse that cleanses us. So, and now we're going to read John 14, 26. I'm going to say that again. John chapter 14, verse 26, where Jesus speaks and he says, But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. So the Holy Spirit here is two. He's a He's the advocate and he is a teacher and he serves as a reminder. So, in some cases, we need a reminder. So now, we're going to add a little bit more on who is the Holy Spirit. He is truth. And we can see that in John chapter 16, verse 13, where Jesus speaks and he says, When the Spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all truth he will not speak on his own but will tell you what he has heard he will tell you about the future because obviously this the holy spirit is god so he he reveals to those who seek him sincerely as that the verse was saying So the Spirit of God knows all things. There is no crafty lie that the Holy Spirit can't guide us away from. Not only does he want to protect us from the lies, he wants to show us what is in the heart of God in every situation that we face. So we must learn to lean lean on and depend on the Holy Spirit in everything. That's very important because if we don't lean on him and we don't depend on him, then we're putting ourselves in situations that we're not even supposed to be in. So he he gives us that wisdom to make the right choices to also please God and have that guidance. That's why it says advocate and teacher and he speaks to us and he doesn't speak on his behalf But he speaks only what he has heard. And now we're going to go to the book of Numbers. Chapter 23, verse 19. Numbers 23, verse 19. Where it says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He's not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Wow. So God's not human, so he can't lie to you. And he can't change his mind. And whatever he said has happened. And whatever he's promised has happened. Amen? You just got to be patient to be able to receive the promise and what he has um, in store for you. So now we are going to go to 1 John chapter 5, verse 6. 1 John chapter 5, verse 6. 
where it says, And Jesus Christ was revealed as God's Son by his baptism in water and by shedding his blood on the cross. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And the Spirit, who is truth, confirms it with this, with his testimony. So I'm going to add verse 7 where it says, So we, we have these three witnesses, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And all three agree. I'm going to read a little bit more ahead where it says, um, Since we believe human testimony, surely we can believe the greater testimony that comes from God. And God has testified about his son. All who believe in the son of God know in their hearts that his, oh, that this testimony is true. Those who don't believe this are actually calling God a liar because they don't believe what God has testified about his son. Ouch. Wow. And the verse that we read before in Numbers said that God isn't human, so he doesn't lie. And he completes all his promises. Amen. So now we're going to read the book of Psalm chapter 139. Verse 7, Psalms 139, 139, verse 7. And it says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. And then we're going to jump up to verse 6, where it says, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. So basically, King David here is saying that there's so much that uh, God has and that he can't understand it. It's 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 too much. Our, our brains are too, too limited, too limited that we can't understand what God wants to do for us. Therefore, he says in verse seven, I can never escape your spirit. I can never get away from your presence because he's always he's everywhere. He's omnipresent and omniscient. All powerful and all knowing. Amen. So now we're going to uh, read the book of Acts, chapter 10, verse 28. Acts 10, 38. Where it says, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with his Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by evil. Oh, by the devil. My bad. For God was with him. So it says God did two things to Jesus. One, he was anointed. Anointed means to be set apart. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit. That's the seal. That's my son right there. And also, he gave him power and authority. Wow. And on, and then after he received, after being set apart, after having that, that seal that is my son right there, he went and he did what he had to do. Heal people. Um, restore people. Liberate people. Perform miracles. Spread the gospel. Spread his love so that many can receive. Amen. And now we're going to go to John chapter 14, verse 17. Again, chap- uh, John chapter 14, verse 17, where um, Jesus, Jesus says, He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize him but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you 
I'm going to read that again because that is a promise. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Saying this is Jesus promising um, us the Holy Spirit. He fills us so that we could also have that that seal that says we are what's that when you accept God, you're obviously his children, but you have that seal that says it's an fit it's like it's how do I say it it's it's something that makes you official. Wow. Amen. So now, without the Holy Spirit, we are stuck and we end up striving the the journey that we're going through with our own strength. And, and we get tired and we end up wanting to give up. The Holy Spirit, he guides us to seek living a holy life and that pleases and honors God. He knows what it he knows exactly what to do and how to do it in the best way possible. He leads us to not wanting to give up, to find rest, and sometimes even keep moving forward with a brand new perspective. Amen? And that's what we need. Sometimes we just, when we're going through a tough um, situation, we want um, to keep moving forward. And the Holy Spirit, he reminds us, he says, God's got you. God, God is under control. And he, and he speaks to our hearts and he says that, you know, there's hope. Just keep moving forward. And that's the perspective that um, we're given. Amen. So the key is to surrender into his guidance and leading every single day, not just today, but every single day of your life. Amen. Now we can go to John chapter 16, verse 13. And it says, when the spirit when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you with he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. So here Jesus is speaking, and here it says that he's that the Holy Spirit is a truth guider. He's not going to be like anybody giving you a half truth or a lie and say that it's the truth. No, he's going to it's going to be a truth that it comes from God. It doesn't, he's not the one that's saying it, but he's the one that, it, um, that hears it from heaven. So now we can see, um, Romans chapter eight, verse 13 and 14. Romans chapter eight, verse 13 and 14, where it says, for if you live by its deceit, by its dictates. Oh, my bad. Let me reread this. It says, for if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the spirit, you put to death the deeds of your evil, oh, of your sinful nature, you will live. Verse 14, it says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Let me repeat that. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Do I say it? No. God says it. Because it is His Spirit. Like I was saying earlier, it's that Spirit... That Holy Spirit that gives us that seal, official seal that we are God's children. Amen. So the Holy Spirit is the one who empowers us. The Holy Spirit is at work in our salvation. So it's when you first accept he's working, he's working. And when he makes you anew, you're made anew, you're a new person. Amen. You're not the same person that you were before you received. You can't let that sin still dictate what you got to do. No, you got to let the Holy Spirit be that seal. Be that, yes, Lord, I will move forward. Amen. 
So his power opens our hearts and our minds to the gospel to see the grace and the love God gives us through Jesus. This is called regeneration. So regeneration is basically the action of bringing a spiritually dead person back to life. It doesn't stop there. It just it, it, it continues in the life of every single believer. So the Holy Spirit empowers us so that we can impact other people's lives. It's like a like a chain reaction. For example, you receive, right? Amen. And you share it with um, one of your uh, friends or coworkers or uh, somebody that you really care about. You you share with them the gospel of what you received. And then that person says yes, and they share it with another person and another person. And that person tells somebody else, you're, you're creating that, that change, that impact that the Holy Spirit wants. How? He has given us gifts that are unique, that he, that he decides to give according to our calling. We are, um, sorry, they are additional to our natural talents and our abilities. They help expand and build God, God's kingdom here on earth. So we could see in the book of Acts chapter one, verse eight. Again, the book of Acts chapter one. Verse 8, where, it's, where Jesus speaks, Jesus speaks in red, here it is, and it says, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So, wow, it's saying the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and that's what he leads you to do. He leads you to to spread the, the gospel of Jesus to everyone. So now we could go to 1st of Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 through 11, where it talks about the spiritual gifts. So it says, there are Different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. Referring to, obviously, the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways. Amen. Amen. But it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. Verse 11 says, This is the one and only... I'm going to say this again. This is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone... Underline that. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Do I say it? No. It's Jesus. Jesus says that it's the spirit who decides. In, uh, in other words, God decides what he wants to give you according to your calling. And the Holy Spirit is the source. Comes from him. Because the Holy Spirit is the heart of God. Amen. So now... We are going to look at the one who transforms, or better yet, 
how he transforms us. So the Holy Spirit works on us on a daily so that we can be set apart for the Lord. He helps us become more Christ-like, to stand firm in our faith and to resist the enemy, basically. Sanctification is a continuation, um, a continual change, my bad, um, by the Holy Spirit in us. So he's working within us and he's changing us and he's freeing us from the sinful habits that and the sinful habits that we had and he develops in us a Christ-like um um image. The desires, the attitudes and the virtues that uh comes with being a believer, being a child of Christ. So, regeneration deals with the birth, basically, your new life in Christ, while sanctification deals with the growth. In other words, your walk with Jesus, how you walk with Jesus on a day-to-day basis. So, sanctification is an ongoing process that never stops. And I repeat, this process never stops because you depend on the Holy Spirit. Amen? So the Holy Spirit, he washes us continually to be ready for when Jesus comes. So now we're going to go to the um to the book of 2nd of Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13 through 15 and I repeat 2nd of Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13 through 15 where it says for as for us we we can't Help, but thank God for you, dear brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord. We are always thankful that God chose you to be among the first to experience salvation, a salvation that comes through the that comes through the Spirit who makes you holy and through your belief in the truth. And verse 14 says, He called you to salvation when he told When we told you the good news, now you can share the glory, share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. With all these things in mind, dear brothers and sisters, stand firm and keep a strong grip on the teaching we passed on to you both in person and by letter. And now we're going to go to... First of Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 23, where Paul gives his final greetings. And it says, now may, now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord uh, Jesus Christ comes again. So see... He, um, our whole, whole, uh, whole spirit, soul, and body. See, we're also three. We're a spirit, we're a soul, and we're a body. Just like Jesus, um, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are three. It's just different in a way. So we are to be kept blameless until Jesus comes. And we don't know when Jesus comes, so... Just got to keep on working, keep on cleaning, keep on making sure that your um, spiritual clothing is right, that your heart is right. And you genuinely keep on seeking God in his presence and the Holy Spirit, of course, so that he can guide you to make the right decisions. Amen. So now we got the uh, we're going to go to first Corinthians. Chapter six. Verse 11. Again, First um, Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11. But before we um, go to verse 11, I'd like to start at verse 9 where it says, Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice sexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or abusive or cheat people. None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. 
you were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the um, spirit of our God. So see, you were once, and I'll include myself, we were all once though that type of person who would indulge in sinful things. Um, but, but, now we jump all the way to verse 11 where it says, But you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God. By doing what? Calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So see, we're cleansed. We, we, we have a brand new life in who? Christ Jesus. Wow. I don't know about you, but I feel like jumping. Amen? Because we were made... We were made right. We were cleansed. We were made holy. We were once all that sinful stuff. But now, woof, we're clean in Jesus. Amen? Whew. So now we can see in 2nd of Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. But we'll start at 17. Bounce back a verse. Again, 2nd of Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18, where it says, For the Lord is the Spirit, and whoever the Spirit of the Lord, oh, wherever, sorry, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. For all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we changed into His glorious image. Oof, Lord. So see, wherever the Holy Spirit is, there is freedom. Amen? And then in verse 18, it says, The veil has been removed from our eyes. We, we weren't able to see the truth, but the Holy Spirit was like, Whoosh! Take it off. And now we can see and we can reflect the glory of God. How can we reflect the, the, not the glory of God, my bad, the glory of the Lord. How can we do that? By having the Holy Spirit transform us each and every single day in everything that we do. That's why it said, that's why I was saying a, a little earlier, fully depend on the Holy Spirit so that we can be cleansed, um, we can be we can be cleansed in the midst before um in preparation of Jesus's coming so now we're going to be seeing how walking every day um walking every day with the holy spirit how it changes us how it molds us how how we should be um pulling our walking in that path amen so the holy spirit knows us on the deeper level and is always with us amen and in the book of Romans, the whole book, I'm not going to read the whole book to you because, you know, so many chapters. But um, anyways, in that in the book of Romans, it teaches us um, our responsibility to choose to live our life, placing our mind on the spirit and what he wants. So basically rejecting all of your um all your desires, all your wants, all your needs, because the Holy Spirit is the one who should be guiding you. It's not your flesh that should be pulling you to do certain things. It's the Holy Spirit. Amen. So in Galatians, in the book of Galatians, Paul speaks about the idea of living every day of every moment of your life in deep connection with the Holy Spirit, following his lead and walking in tune with him. So the phrase walking in the spirit means to live every moment by moment, literally moment by moment, relying on the inner guidance of the Holy Spirit. And the word walk in Greek means walk in line with. So basically it's encouraging it encourages us to live in submission of heart. I'm going to repeat that. In submission of heart. 
to the Holy Spirit. So example, in the book of in the book of Acts, in the early church, the first church that Paul has founded, um, they did exactly everything that the Holy Spirit was telling them to do. And their motto that they had was, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say. Basically, basically, in other words, saying, Holy Spirit, we're here in your presence. Speak to us. Guide us. Um, let us. Let us do what God is calling us to do. Let us. Let us praise him the way he wants to be praised. Let us honor him the way he wants to be honored. Therefore, the uh, Holy Spirit would guide them to how God wants to be praised, to be honored, to be worshipped. Amen. So here's a little pearl, a little nugget. Walking in step with the Spirit and walking by him will lead to bearing fruit in your life. People who are actively following the Holy Spirit will manifest the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? And we could see that in Galatians um, chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 and 23. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 and 23. And it says... But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. I'm going to repeat that. The fruits, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So, um... In Romans chapter 6, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm just going to paraphrase it. So it says it te- it's it's basically teaching how the spirit fills um filled fruitfulness is available for ev- the fruits. It's it's for everybody. It's for every believer who surrenders to the Holy Spirit. The fruit that I just mentioned is the evidence of the reality and the character of Jesus within the person. So we all want to bear fruit of the spirit, but the key importance is that we cannot do it by our own strength to be more patient or to be kind or to be good or to be faithful or to or to let alone self-control. Some people some people just can't in general self-control themselves. I'm sorry, but it's it's the truth. It's 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 the time our time period everything has changed everything has advanced and sin is just you do one thing it's like you open the big old door to the enemy so that's why self-control is in this time it, it it's harder it gets harder but with the holy spirit he'll help you but anyways so that's why we need to surrender to the holy spirit and remind ourselves daily to be led by him so in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 5 and 6, it says, Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Again, um... When it says leads, uh, letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Sometimes it's not physical death. It could be spiritual death because the things you think about, for example, you're, uh, I don't know, you get so angry at somebody and you, you're like, oh, I really want to choke, choke them and blah, 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 blah. So you got to. See, you gotta, um, you gotta control your thoughts. The holy, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's the enemy telling you, you, leading you to do some sinful things that you're not supposed to do. But, um, if you let the Holy Spirit control your mind, it leads to peace and to life. Jesus will take away that anger and he'll bring you peace in a sense of 
You know, if you get angry at the person, well, obviously, if you said some hurtful things, you would ask for forgiveness. And then you come into God's presence and be like, Lord, please forgive me. I said these things to this person. And, I, and you know, you got to be genuine. You got to be honest, you know. So it's not a you do something and blah, blah, blah happens and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But anyways, so um, now we're going to go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 26. I repeat, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 26, where it says, it, it's it's going to talk about living by the Spirit's power. So it says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of the sinful nature. These two factors are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under the obligation of the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of the sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of god but the spirit produces this kind of fruits in our lives love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control there is no law against these things those who belong to christ jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there since we are living by the spirit let us follow the spirit's leading in every part of our lives. I'm going to repeat that. Let the spirit. In other words. Let the spirit guide every part of our lives. And now verse 26 says. Let us not become conceited. Or provoke one another. Or be jealous of one another. Wow. So. Being free from sin. And living a godly life. Will basically result in eternal life. And we could see this in Romans chapter 6, verse 6. It says, We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that the sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. Amen? Woo. So, yeah. So, sin loses its power. Why? Because... We, when we accept Jesus, we're basically nailing our, um, we're crucifying our desires, our sins, uh, the power that the sin has, it goes along on that cross when Jesus, uh, when Jesus dies. So when Jesus resurrects, we have a new life. We have a fresh start. Amen. So an example, um, sorry, wanting more of the Holy Spirit. We can experience as much as the Holy Spirit's presence as we're willing to make room for. If you want a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit, you got to make time. You got to be honest. And of course, obviously, you have to listen what he's saying to you by simply just stay quiet and see what he says. That it's it's that gentle whisper that tugs that 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 tugs on your heart or better yet said speaks to your heart. You can hear it. It's not it's it. It feels like someone's talking to you when there's really no one there. If you can understand what I'm trying to say. So an example is um, to read scripture and speak in prayer. Amen. So let the Holy Spirit reveal anything that is com- competing with him in your, uh, for his attempt, for um, your attention. Um so, like a good friend, he will always say the truth, even though at times it will be hard to hear. Because, you know, some people have a really hard time um, wanting to accept the truth. 
But if you're truly, but if you truly, honestly, really want to experience um, him in your life, uh, working constantly, then you, you're going to be willing to let him in your life guide you and everything. So now we're going to see the Holy Spirit in modern time. So we as humans have the tendency to assume miracles no longer happen, or maybe you're skeptical, but think about it. How many things you see every single day that can't be explained? So when we ask Jesus into our lives, we receive the Holy Spirit's power. It means every day we walk around anywhere and we have the possibility to see miracles happen. For example, when somebody confesses and receives Jesus, it's a miracle. When you pray for a sick person and they're instantly healed, it's a miracle. Now, when a person is freed from an addiction, drugs, alcohol, you name it, it's a miracle. So God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? And that is it for today. And before I go, I'd like to uh, pray. Um, And thank you, Jesus, for your word and for your precious presence. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us who you are as a person. Lord, I want to say thank you for giving us your spirit and promising us that you will forever be with us until you return. God, in this time, I'd like to pray for the people who have prayed, who have um, heard this podcast and may you embrace them with your love and your peace. Let each and every one treasure your word in their heart. I declare that the people um, be healed and restored if they're going through a tough situation and have felt alone. Holy Spirit, I ask that you give them guidance. Let them rest in you, Lord Jesus, and find new strength to be able to continue their walk with you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So I will be talking to you guys, God willing, um, next to uh Wednesday, my bad, Wednesday, on part two of the Holy Spirit. And it comes and it comes with uh wisdom and the ability uh wisdom and abilities or wis it's with his wisdom, his uh abilities and perseverance if you haven't received the Holy Spirit yet. So God willing on Wednesday I'd be speaking to you guys about the Holy Spirit part two. God bless and uh, um, enjoy. Uh, Have a good day. Amen. Bye.